Welcome to 519 Connect, where the Windsor Police Service connects with members of our community. Let's talk. Let's have a conversation. Hello, and I'm your host, Jamie Ajete Nelson, Diversity Officer for the Windsor Police Service. What's 519 Connect? 519 Connect is a chance to share details of our community. It's great leaders, programs, and connections. For decades through the community service branch, we've had impactful and meaningful conversations with community leaders. These moments have created strong bonds within the community we serve. Now, it's time to share those conversations with you. From our mouths to your ears, how collaboration and information can stimulate ideas to assist our community. So let's learn about what we have and how we can work together to have more. Let's talk. Let's have a conversation. So today we have Chief Pamela Mizuno. Chief Mizuno began her career with the Windsor Police Service in 1994 when she joined the service as a cadet. Since that time, she's progressed throughout the organization with notable assignments, which include patrol services, the drug enforcement branch, investigations, and corporate communications. In 2011, she was assigned to the Quality Assurance and Audits Unit, where she undertook the Human Rights Project to address policing and human rights issues. The goal of the project was aimed at identifying, eliminating, and preventing any possible discriminations in the service employment practices and service delivery. Over her tenure with the Windsor Police Service, she has moved through the ranks, serving her community with distinction and making important contributions to policing at every level. In 2018, Chief Mizuno was promoted to Deputy Chief of Operational Support. She's an active member of the Canadian and Ontario Association Chiefs of Police, Locally, she's a member of Prosper Us Leadership Council and is a contributor to many other com committees and boards. In 2019, she was appointing the acting chief of the Windsor Police Service, leading over 600 sworn and civilian members. And on October 4th, 2019, she was promoted permanently to the rank of chief. Chief Mizuno is committed to enhancing effectiveness of policing services for the areas served by the Windsor Police Service while working together to develop long-term strategies to build a strong, vibrant, and healthy community. Also to bat, she was the first female superintendent, first female deputy chief, first female chief, and now the first guest on 519 Podcast. Welcome. Thanks, Jamie, and thanks for those kind words and that introduction. I'm happy to be here today. Ah, yes, always a pleasure. Um, now, since it's our first show, I want to talk about the first time I remember meeting you. Um, I was, uh, I was new. I just came out of police college and I, my training officer now was, I was an officer on my own, fully trained. And I was working the downtown area called the CCP. And I remember that day, um, I was assigned to, uh, attend a meeting with you, the downtown, um, BIA meeting. Remember that? Yes. Yeah. And, uh, I remember that day it was a beautiful day and you suggested that we, we walk. And I was like, oh, that's, that's great. And what I really enjoyed about that, that walk is, you know, you're being new and you're with rank, you really brought, brought my attention down. I was a young guy and I was like, okay. And, uh, we walked and, you know, we, we talked about our lives before policing and, you know, the things, why I became police officers in some conversation. And, um, I remember you going to this meeting and, and you said, um, it's okay to, uh, you know, contribute to this meeting. And at first I just, I was just thinking, okay, you know, she's just saying that I'm, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to sit there and, and be quiet. But what I remember is we're in the meeting and it's going on and, you know, it got to, to us speaking. And then you turned to me and you said, Jamie, you know, contribute. And, um, I thought that was really cool because I, I worked the area and, 
you know, like we spoke before, you, you said, you know, you work there. You can speak to some of the issues or concerns that they were having. And, and I did that. And I didn't get the response I, I wanted, you know, uh, being new, um, not controversial, but, you know, concerns and wanting more of our service. And, you know, I was young and new. So it, when someone talks about the police, I, I want to defend. But, you know, you were there, you were calm. And when we left, I just remember you, you pointing out to me that these these people, these owners of these businesses, this is their livelihood. And, you know, when something happens to them, criminal or, or it's affecting their business, they're very passionate about it. So, you know, it's our job to listen and just be as helpful a, a, as we can and come back later with ideas and working with them and not against them. So that's what I remember at our first meeting. You probably remember it a little bit different than, than, than I did. I do remember that meeting, and I think that was a first for me, too. I think that was the first BIA meeting I attended, at least the BIA, the, the downtown BIA. So it was a first for both of us. But uh, I do remember asking you to attend that meeting, and I, wa- I thought it was important that officers that work the district attend so that they're, so, so that they're there and able to engage in meaning- meaningful conversation with the BIA and provide um, input from your perspective. And uh, I do recall, you know, you were a little taken off, you know, off guard because when I asked you to speak <laughs> and contribute, and, and I could see you were a little bit uncomfortable at first. Uh, but I do remember I was very impressed with how you handled yourself uh, the professionalism, the input that you gave. I think you brought another dimension to the conversation. And I, and I do think it's important for, you know, the members of the BIA to, again, hear hear what you have to say and provide um, the input from what you see and, and how the officers address some of the issues uh, that are happening in that area and in that core. So uh, it was, it was a first for both of us, but I thought, I thought you handled yourself very well at that meeting. And uh, it's such an important opportunity for officers to have um, and take advantage of, of those um, times when you can engage with the stakeholders in our community. Because like Sir Robert Peel, you know, the police are the public and the public are the police. Um, we're just assigned full time to address those issues uh, in the community. But uh, so it is, it's, uh, to me, it's very important for you to have those opportunities to engage in those discussions. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you, I did it again, you know, and that's the starting of, of policing, that, that conversation and being in an uncomfortable situation, but going back to, you know, what you were used to, those those values and and those things that you hired me for, you know, at that time. So it was like, all right, time to show up. It's like when you go into your first interview. Um, so, you know, speaking about uh, Windsor and, and being a part of the community, um, I remember us talking about, uh, you know, some of the, the things you did when you were in Windsor. And one of the things that you were a counselor in the, in the Glengarry area, um, I remember working there and uh, I, I work with Mahari and, and he always talks about him first meeting you and it was when you, you worked in, in that community in the downtown. Can you talk a little bit about that and, you know, how did you get there? So I, uh, I'm originally from Brampton. I made my way to Windsor to attend the University of Windsor and I started out there in the, in the social work program and I would think I was in my third year, halfway through my third year when I was hired with the Windsor Police Service. But in order to pay my tuition and my books and my rent and everything else, uh, I worked and worked part-time for the city of Windsor and um, Glengarry. I was a counselor at Glengarry Community Center for years, uh, working there to, to help me pay for my schooling. Uh, it was such a great experience to work in, in that community and interact with the kids in the community. Um, and I'm constantly bumping into people in the community who remember, uh, you know, being at the community center. And it's funny because, you know, when I was looking over some of the things that you wanted to talk about, um, just the other day I thought, you know, we took a group of I think it was about 10 to 15 kids on a trip to Toronto as counselors uh, for the Glengarry Community 
center. And, uh, you know, it was an opportunity. It was, it was an opportunity to provide an experience that some of these children may not otherwise have the opportunity to do so. And it was a lot of fun. Um, but, yeah, I'm not so sure that... Uh, in this day and age, we do the same thing if we could just load 15, 20 kids on a bus and head off to Toronto for a weekend. But it was it was great fun. But I enjoyed um, learning about that area of our community and the Glengarry area and, and working with those with the, the kids in that area. Yeah, it's a I've, I've worked in that area, too. And you get a, a strong bond with the kids when you're working with young kids because they, they begin to identify with with their counselors. You know, you're there to give them experience and, you know, make sure they enjoy whether it's 30 minutes to an hour or a full weekend into Toronto, um, you, you're working for them and they, they see that, um, that passion someone has for, for kids because you could be doing anything else, but, you know, you're there working in that community. So um, Glengarry is a special community, um, great group of, uh, of leaders in that community that, that really advocate for them. And I, I really enjoy working with that group. And it, it, it's great to see, you know, that connection down the years, it's, it's still there with you and our, and our service and we're in, in that community. Um, and speaking that, you know, you're coming from Brampton, B-Town. Um, I'm from Brampton too. Uh, it, it's very different than Windsor. Um, I find with uh, Windsor going to the university, a lot of times people use it as a stopping point onto their next area and they want to go back to the GTA. Um, for me, staying in Windsor, um, it was really the people. I know it sounds cliche, but it was, you know, the reception I got from the community here, what, which made me want to stay. Um, you know, what, what was uh, some of the things about the Windsor and Essex County that, that made you, made this place y- your home? Oh, I agree with you. It's definitely the people. I know when I first moved here, I thought, oh, no, what did I do, right? I, I, I wasn't, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, as uh, excited about Windsor as I am now. Um, and it took a little bit of time for Windsor to grow on me, but it's definitely the people. And, and you hear a lot of people like us that come from the Toronto area that move to Windsor, and that's what defines Windsor. It's, uh, it's, a, it's still a fairly large city. We have access to, you know, all the benefits over in the U.S., um, but yet it still has that small town feel and, and the people in Windsor make all the difference. And, and that's one of the reasons why, um, I chose to stay here in Windsor. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's very active in everything, a very much more diverse than I, I thought, you know, coming from the, the GTA, the Toronto area, you're like, there's nothing more diverse here than anything. And then I came to Windsor and it, it really spoke to me. Um, I remember the freedom festival that they used to have. Um, carousel of nations and you know those those little pockets happening in the city which some of them still happen today kind of you know it uh, connected me to the city and made, made me want to stay um, and, and speaking to that uh, policing you know where policing how did that become the next thing for you in in Windsor sometimes it's a moment sometimes um, it, it's not a moment it's, it's seeing something what was uh, a moment that you can think of that, that kind of got you interested in policing? So policing had always been something I had a bit of an interest in, but uh, I remember having a conversations with one of my friends at, in who I was attending university with, and she had told me that she was going to apply for the OPP. And I thought, oh, you know, th- you know, maybe I really should consider policing. I wasn't interested in working uh, for the OPP, but definitely locally. Um, so it was at that point I really started uh, taking a look at, at policing seriously, 
um, and really taking a look at sort of some of the things that interested me, some of my strengths, and I thought policing was a very good fit. You know, it's an opportunity to work with the community. I was already in social work, so I knew I wanted to sort of be in that service where you're serving your community and helping others. Um, but I liked the idea of, of being out, uh, not being in an office or stuck behind a desk, uh, moving out in the community, um, and you know, being physical as well. You know, because you're required to um, maintain a, a level of physical fitness. I like the sort of continuous learning aspect of it. Uh, that every day was different, and there was a lot of opportunity um, working with the Windsor Police Service. We are, we are a, a fairly large service, um, so there's opportunity in the service to move within different divisions. So that's what really attracted me to, to policing. And like I say, you know, just taking a look at at my interests, I thought policing was a very good fit. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was a, similar to you. Um, I had some friends who, who were moving into our RCMP. They were applying there, and I, I didn't think that was for me, but it led me down that rabbit hole, OPP, Windsor. And one of the cool things that I noticed was a lot of my, my coaches and people in the community that I w- had been dealing with were police officers. And I, I didn't know until I said, oh, you know, I'm thinking about being a police officer. And someone would say, hey, you know, that person's a police officer. I'm like, no, that's, that's coach. Oh, you know, that person's a police officer. I'm like, no, that, that's a volunteer. I'm like, oh. Because my mindset at that time is like, when you policed, you're a police officer, and that's all you did. And that's what really, you know, like I said, that rabbit hole piqued my interest. I'm like, what else is there in policing? And I was able to talk to some of, you know, people who were mentors of mine, who um, I think sometimes people think uh, we might take policing and say, and we identify as that. But they, they identified as other things. I was like, wow, you know, there's so much more here. There's so much more to this individual. Policing's part of it, and and they do it well. That you know, it kind of bled over into the things they did. I started thinking back, and I was like, oh, that's why they were so you know good and so aware at, at certain things. And uh, I, I really, that's what really got me started. And I, I think about um, you know recruiting and and what we're doing, moving to that next level. And you know, we talk about integrity, respect, professionalism, accountability, and um, innovation, teamwork. Those are our those are our values as police officers. And I'm the recruit, recruitment officer, and I always talk to the, the youth and I say, those are very important, but those are the minimum we want you to have. You know, I, I want, what are your other values? Because we expect that from you. But, you know, what are some of your other values you have? And I always want them to articulate that and, you know, whether it's family, creativity, things like that. W- what was something other than, you know, those base um, values that you felt you had brought from, you know, your life experience and, and everything you did to the Windsor Police? When you're looking for people um, and when people are considering policing, it's a lot of hard work, you know. It's hard work. It's determination. Um, you know, it's, again, like I said, it's continuous, in lear- continuous learning, and you really have to make yourself competitive uh, to be a police officer. You know, it's, uh, it's so important that... Um, you know, you take courses, I mean, you have to have some type of post-secondary education, but you really have to show, uh, I think, to, you know, the recruitment officers um, that that you're really interested and, and you take it seriously. And we've had many people come through the door who have taken it upon themselves to really expand their knowledge in the area. And I think it's also important to to ensure that you have a really good understanding of what policing is all about. Um, you know, there are lots of opportunities. We offer recruitment sessions, um, 
you know, prep for the prep sessions. I know some of that has been put a little bit on hold because of COVID, but in regular times, those are some of these, the things that we do. And that's so that people know what they're getting into and really tr- to decide whether, like I said earlier, for me, is policing a good fit? Um, you know, but certainly, you know, the people that we hire, we, like you said, expect them already to have the same values as us, um, as, as, as us, as the service. So we expect them to hold the same values um, that the service holds. Um, but that, that comes, you know, um, with, along with other values that we expect, like you said, and uh, definitely hard work, dedication, and, and just that desire to serve our community. That's what policing is about, is serving uh, and helping others for the rest of your career. And whatever role that might be, there are so many different roles and positions within the service, uh, both sworn and civilian, um, because the, you know, sworn officers need the support of the administration, the admin support in order that we are able to provide the service that we do to our community. Yeah, there it is. You heard it there. Determination, hard work. These, these are values that we might not post on our website or you might not see in our brochures, but those definitely add to you being competitive, like you said. And we always talk about investing in yourself because when you invest in yourself, we see that. And when you get here, we're going to invest in you as well. You talk about all these different units. We have um, investigations, um, um, ident, which is forensics and those things. We still train you when you get here. So continuing education, still wanting to learn, that's that's another value. And I, I think it's very important that, you know, we explain to people that. And I think sometimes it gets, people just think patrol. And, you know, it is the man, that's where we start. And in patrol, I always say, that's where you learn a lot. So you can find, you know, what speaks to you. And um, as a community, I, th- I think we need to know that when when you're looking at someone saying they don't always always want to be a police officer, but explain to them those opportunities. And I think that's where we, we can really get value in in what we do is we tell people we're going to provide you those opportunities. Um, and one of the opportunities you had as you, you know, move through the ranks and you move through the different divisions was um, the audit. And I, I saw the, the human rights project that you that you took part in. And I think it's it's something amazing, you know, taking a, a look at, you know, how to make our service more diverse and, you know, what are some of our pitfalls and where we can do better. And when I was thinking about it, um, not only was it a, a task for you, but you were actually living it, you know, being a minority yourself. And look, I'd like you to speak to, um, you know, when you were going through that process and you were in the community and you were doing your research, um, was there anything that you know, spoke to you because you, you might have experienced it or hearing some of the stories. And uh, second part, uh, you know, now what's happening within our service, I, I feel like I see some things um, that are happening in our service that is a direct uh, correlation with, you know, that project that you did. During the project, which ran for um, about four years, uh, we did a lot of community consultation. So that was really a great opportunity to connect with the community uh, and hear some of their ideas and thoughts um, and expectations of the police service. And interestingly enough, today I was actually going through some of uh, some of the boxes that I need to clean up, and I came across a recruitment survey. Uh, and that we had gathered information from through the outreach sessions, uh, but also through recruitment sessions of some of the people who are applying to be cadets with the service uh, or other uh, for other positions in the service, and their thoughts about the police service and and what they thought about us with 
respect to diversity and equity and the recruitment process itself and some of the things that we could do better. So we've really since, you know, uh, even before the Human Rights Project, you know, we've, we've made a lot of changes um, into how we recruit and some of the, you know, things that we're looking for um, and how we're reaching out to the community and, and really trying to get some feedback from the community um, about the way we do business. Most recently, uh, and through the uh, investigation by the Ontario Civilian Police Commission, um, the, some of the results that come out of that is we've established a community consultative committee and as well a youth community consultative committee, which is just starting to get up and running. Um, so they've made some progress there. I know the CCC has met on a few occasions. The, like I say, the YCCC is up and running. And I'm really looking forward to some of the feedback and recommendations that are going to come out of that committee work. And that's what we want to see, our recommendations about some of the things where we can do better. And it, again, it's all about, you know, making improvements and continuously improving, much like the continuously learning piece about, you know, why you, you get to be a police officer. Um, so the work of the Human Rights Project, it was sort of a, a start, but it, it's, I don't think it ever really just ends. You know, we're always looking to do better. So uh, that that's very important, um, you know, that project and its longevity um, through our service and how we continue to use some of that information and listen and learn. And I think that's a, a large part of it is listening to the community, not just taking our own thoughts, you know, being in a bubble and, and trying to come up with those answers, but collaborating, which is, is very important. And I think we still do that. And like you said, it's not called the Human Rights Project. That's just the way it should be. And uh, every once in a while, we have to be checked by the community, like we did at that BIA meeting, just to see, you know, a, a, a spot check to see, you know, what we can do to be better. And, and that's important. And sometimes we have control of that through a project, but then sometimes we don't. In the last two years, um, you know, we've had a pandemic and we've been working through through that as a service and a community. And um, just uh, if you can talk about some, not, not necessarily initiatives, but maybe some initiatives that have uh, happened within our service and out with, uh, outside of our service and, and how we're, we're dealing with that. Yeah, so the pandemic's been a, a real big challenge, as we all know, for everybody, you know, for the service, for our community, um, all, you know, first responders, our partners in healthcare, um, and, you know, the entire community has obviously been impacted by the pandemic. And I know that for our service, our members have had to pivot, um, you know, and, and change the way they do business in order to continue continue to provide, you know, that effective service to our community. You know, some of the things uh, that we did, you know, we've had to modify uh, our, our headquarters and the access to our headquarters. Uh, obviously, we've been providing uh, PPE to all our members, but it's a challenge for them to learn how to, you know, interact with the community. Now you're wearing a mask and goggles in some instances, and, you know, um, you have to be careful about the distance and always respecting, you know, the community uh, members and, you know, they want to feel safe as well, not just, you know, safe with respect to the incident that they're reporting, um, but also with respect to the contact with the officer. So it's it has been a challenge for everybody. But I think, you know, I... I am very proud of our service uh, and how our members have adapted because I, I know it's been a challenge for them as well. I know I had a conversation with one officer in the basement of the parking garage one day and he was just heading home, but he was on midnights and this, this was when we were all locked down. And, you know, how do you sleep when you have 
a house full of people and, and you're used to um, having quiet because everyone's either at work or at school. So just some of those small things that you, you don't necessarily think of that have a huge impact on uh, on our membership. So I am very proud. I'm very thankful that, you know, our membership uh, handled the pandemic as well as they have so far. Um, there's still, I'm sure, more challenges ahead, um, but we've really managed to so far navigate very well. Um, and so important through through all of that pandemic is taking care of your mental health. And I think we see that, you know, some of the challenges showing up in the community um, and the struggles dealing uh, with some of the effects of the pandemic. And um, for us, uh, in the past couple of years, we've uh, brought in a new app. It's a Peer Connect app. So that's helpful for the officers uh, to be able to reach out for peer support, uh, as well as access some tools and information with respect to keeping, them sel- keeping themselves healthy, both mentally and physically. It's really just about wellness. Um, so I'm, I'm happy that that officers are, are using it. And not just officers, all of our membership is open to the entire uh, membership of the Windsor Police Service. Yeah, it's uh, it's imp- it's important because sometimes there's a stigma, um, you know, dealing with mental health, and um, I'm a peer support um at work as well, and it, it's important that w- we have those those moments where we're able to reflect and have that support and know that you're not alone, and you've you've been a really big support with the peer support app and and pushing that through through our service, and you know it's important people know that um we're taking care of ourselves so that we can also take care of the community. Um, it's, uh, you know, adapting our, our practices. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, we have a, an outlook how we want things to go, but we have to adapt. And over the past year, I, I feel we've done that. Like, we've gone virtual, um, you know, and being being a part of that is, is, is difficult, you know, in the courts, in the community. We still have to get that communication out there. And, and I think I would say we were we were ahead of that, uh, you know, um, with our technology. Uh, you know, I can speak to our, our, our civilian members. You know, they were prepared and ready to go once the, the pandemic hit. You know, how we communicate, whether it's in courts, whether it's having meetings, like you said, the different committees. We didn't stop those. You didn't stop those. I, I was surprised to see, you know, the youth committee, and we were still moving forward, that we might not be able to be in the same room together. But, you know, we, we adapted. So that, that was great to see. And um, 2022 is, um, I'm always hopeful and, and that's how we should all, all stay. Um, there will be changes, there will be difficulties, but I feel that, um, you know, we're doing the right, right thing, um, with that, with our committees, um, and, and with our service, you know, we, we just trying to be the best version of ourselves that, that we can be. Um, so, um, you know, with that, I, I really appreciate you coming out, out today and, uh, being the first 519 uh, connect uh, guest. Well, thanks for having me, Jamie. It was nice chatting with you today. Okay, so there it is, five one nine connect. Um, welcome. This is our first show. There will be many more. We'll be uh, talking to different community leaders. We'll be talking to officers, and we're just looking to connect with our community. So subscribe to our podcast, and uh, I look forward to uh, meeting with you again. <laughs>